Good morning and welcome to Echoes of Calvary. This is your host, Greg Sweeting. Thank you for opening your home to us this morning. I invite you to now open your hearts and worship with us as we share from the Word of God. Stay with us as we share comments and illustrations with a spiritual application, present special music to call us to worship, and in a few minutes, Pastor Alan Lee will come to share insights from Scripture and explain how to apply God's Word that we might grow to be complete in Christ. So have you forgiven them then? Forgive them? How can one forgive the unforgivable? This exchange of words were in a video that I saw at the Imperial War Museum in London. It was in an exhibition featuring stories about the Holocaust. What an emotional experience it turned out to be. Incredible cruelty to men, women, boys and girls. Unbelievable in its ferocity and its universality. Wherever Jews were found in Europe, the Nazi killing machine sought them out, imprisoned them or more. Millions were slaughtered in the concentration camps, including death in the ovens where the Nazis enticed thousands of Jews to their deaths with xenon poison gas, telling the prisoners they were only going into the showers, then murder them with poison. Story after story recounted tales of people who were sacrificed at the altar of Nazism, barbarism and cruelty with no limits. How could people be so heinous? so without human feelings and compassion, devoid of all. So I encountered this interview that I opened with this morning at this war museum. One of the few survivors of these atrocities was a woman. She was recounting her horror in the camps. She says she sometimes returns to Germany today to visit people in the same area in which she had been imprisoned and tortured during the war. It was then that the interviewer asked her, So you have forgiven them then? The woman, with tears in her eyes, looked up at the interviewer and said emotionally, Forgive them? How can one forgive the unforgivable? Memories of such pain, deprivation and cruelty are not so easily erased from our consciousness, especially when we are the ones who endured it. The pain stays the scars etched on the, the psyche are indelible. In another interview, a man told the camera, I cannot go back anymore. Everyone I see brings back terrible memories. I see their gold rings and I wonder, was that gold made from the gold that they extracted from the teeth of my brother in the camps when they murdered him? I heard tales of continuing nightmares. I saw the films taken by the U.S. military when they found the camps and saw the horror of what was going on there. I left that exhibition saddened, troubled. Given the right circumstances, it could happen all over again. Mankind cannot change their hearts by themselves.
sure that you'll understand what I'm trying to say. Mankind, left to their own devices, cannot change their sinful natures. The Bible says the heart is desperately wicked. There are none that do good. The first chapters of the book of Romans outlines a graphic detail of what men do when left on their own. I think of the woman in that video again. How can one forgive the unforgivable? On the cross, Jesus asked his father to forgive those who had crucified him because they didn't know what they were doing. On the cross, God was saying to the world, I love you, I will forgive you. How can one forgive the unforgivable? Through the love of God that is available through faith in Jesus Christ. Just when the time was right, the Bible says, God sent his son to be the savior of the world. He loved the unlovable, forgave the unforgivable, such was his great love for us. He is able to save to the uttermost all who come to God through Jesus, his son. What a savior is Jesus, our Lord. Love that. 
message for today, here is Senior Pastor Emeritus, Alan Lee. Greetings once again in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are continuing with our series on walking or living by the Spirit. Our text is verse 25 of Galatians chapter 5, which states, in my paraphrase, quote, Since you have been made alive by the Spirit, then live your life by His enablement, end of quote. But since it is always my desire and purpose to proclaim the Word of God to you, not simply my comments about the Word, please hear the Word of God as I again read the entire context of the passage we're studying. I'm reading from the New Living Testament, Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 through 25. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature... The results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. 
Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living this sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Now, here's our theme verse, verse 25. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. End of quote. Now, last time, we emphasized the fact that before we can live for or by the Spirit, we must first of all receive life by or through the Spirit. This initial transaction is what the Bible calls regeneration. We noted several aspects of this event or experience that we call regeneration. The Greek word means reproduction, new birth, renewed or recreation. It is the impartation of eternal life to a repentant sinner, the kind of life necessary to live a life of fellowship with God. Secondly, we saw that regeneration is entirely the work of God. Thirdly, it is likened to the resurrection we are raised from death unto life. Fourth, it is affected by the Holy Spirit. Fifth, it results in a new nature and a new creation. And finally, it is instantaneous in its transaction. It happens immediately upon our faith in Jesus Christ. The bottom line is that we have a new nature when we receive Christ as our Savior. But now what is a nature? A nature is a capacity or a source. The old nature has the capacity only to serve sin. And it was the source of such behavior that resulted in living unrighteous lives. The new nature, on the other hand, has the capacity to serve God through the Spirit that results in righteousness, as explained by Paul in Romans chapter 6. Listen carefully as I read from verse 18 from Romans chapter 6, reading the New Living Translation. Now, you are free from your slavery to sin, and you have become slaves to righteous living. We are still slaves, but now we are slaves to righteous living. Because of the weakness of your human nature, I am using the illustration of slavery to help you understand all this. This is Paul speaking, mind you. Previously, you let yourselves be slaves to impurity and lawlessness, which led into even deeper sin. Now, you must give yourselves to be slaves to righteous living, so that you will become holy. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the obligation to do right. End of quote. Now, both of these capacities vie for dominance in the believer's life. When the new nature dominates, we are living spiritually or according to the Spirit. We are showing that the Spirit of God lives within us and has control over us. But when the old nature dominates, we are living carnally or according to the flesh. We are living like unsaved people. However, we must not get the idea that these natures or capacities are independent entities that live within us, but somehow they are not us. 
Friends, Christians are not split personalities or spiritual schizophrenics who have no knowledge or control over our two diverse personalities. No, my friends, we as Christians personally and individually are responsible for what either nature does or does not do. When we sin, therefore, we cannot excuse our part in it by saying, that was not me, that was my old nature. You know, we like to use the phrase, well, I'm only human. No, no, no. My friends, it was you, and God is going to hold you, not your old nature, responsible for your behavior. But it has to do with lifestyle and eternal rewards, not condemnation and eternal death, as we'll see. Now, the new creation or new nature refers to the believer's new relationship and standing before God. A believer is a new man living in a new kingdom, the spiritual kingdom of God. Whatever judgment or condemnation that belonged to the sinner because of his relationship to Adam in the old kingdom is completely removed in Christ. In this new kingdom, we have no fear of judgment or condemnation as believers in Christ. We have the absolute assurance of eternal life in and with Jesus Christ. However, this new nature and new creation means that we also will have a new experience or lifestyle that is directed by the Spirit of God. Listen to these passages of the Word of God that makes this very clear. 1 John 2, verse 29. If you know that he is righteous, talking about Christ, you know that everyone who does what is right has been born of him. Notice that. You know by doing right, living righteously, you know that everyone who does what is right has been born of him, has been regenerated. First John 3, 9. No one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in him. He cannot go on sinning as the way of life. Why? Because he has been born of God. He has been regenerated and giving a new spiritual life. First John 4, 7. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God, has been regenerated, and knows God. Listen to First John chapter 5, verse 1. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out his commandments. This is love for God, to obey his commandments. Get that, my friends. Here is how we show our love for God, to obey his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. For everyone born of God, everyone who is regenerated, overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. End of quote. Friends, this is exactly what that theme verse is saying. If you are born again, if you are regenerated, if you are a Christian, you must and will show it by the way you live. This will be the emphasis of this series of messages. But now let me ask you another question. How does one become alive by the Spirit? How are we regenerated? If the spiritual life, the new birth, regeneration, is affected by the Holy Spirit, how does it happen? How does it come about? First of all, and let me emphasize again, 
It must happen if we are truly a child of God. Listen to Paul in Romans chapter 8 and verse 9. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. Notice carefully now. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. Friends, let me underline that. You are not a Christian. You are not regenerated if the Spirit of God is not living within you. You need the Spirit of God living within you. You need that spiritual new life if you are going to walk in the Spirit in this new year. But now, how do we get then or receive the Spirit? Paul does not leave us in doubt. He tells us clearly. Listen to Ephesians chapter 1 as I read from verse 13. And you also, he's talking to believers, were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth. Here is the important thing. You must hear the word of truth. You must hear the gospel preach and proclaim accurately. When you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having believed, notice now, you must not only hear it, you must believe what you hear. Having believed, you were marked with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. In other words, Paul tells us very clearly that in order for us to be regenerated, in order for us to have the Spirit of God living within us, we must hear the gospel of Jesus Christ proclaimed accurately. We must believe that gospel. We must place our faith, our confidence in the Christ which is proclaimed in the gospel. We must rely upon him as our personal Savior. In other words, we must hear the gospel, we must believe it and obey it. Then the Spirit of God comes to live within us. The spiritual life that is necessary to live with God is received upon receiving Christ as Savior. At that time, the Holy Spirit, who is the source an energizer of that eternal life, takes up his permanent abode in the believer. And the believer is now alive in and by the Spirit. We are now made alive by the Spirit once we receive the Christ of the gospel. And as I close today then, I ask two questions of you. First, do you have the Spirit? Or to put it another way, have you been made alive by the Spirit to your reception of Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? That's essential if you are going to walk by the Spirit in this new year. As always, this is Senior Pastor Emeritus Alan Lee saying, Think and act on these things. You have been listening to Echoes of Calvary, a radio ministry of Calvary Bible Church in Nassau, Bahamas. 
Our morning worship service begins this morning at 11 o'clock in the sanctuary located on Collins Avenue. We extend an invitation to you to join us on these occasions. If you would like to contact the church or Pastor Lee, address your letters to Echoes of Calvary, Post Office Box N1684, Nassau, Bahamas. And so we come to an end of this broadcast. I invite you to think about the message this morning. Consider the one who is our Savior and Lord. Grow to be complete in Him. And remember, as echoes from Calvary stir in your heart, keep listening for that shout, Maranatha, the Lord is coming soon. The great command is promised, he will surely come again. I am listening every listening moment for the mighty trumpet sound. What a time we'll have together when the saints shall leave the ground and our toiling will be happen in a moment, Jesus Christ could come again. I am listening every morning for the mighty trumpet sound. What a time we'll have together when the saints shall leave the ground. in a moment Jesus Christ could come again